from Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of November 4th, 2011, and this is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios, Josh Luan Loveless. Hey, people. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And back in action, <laughs> Hambone. Hambone. <laughs> yeah, Ryan, Ryan uh, Ham, our managing editor, is back with us. Hey, everyone. Podcast. A couple weeks ago, he joined us, and Jesse named him Hambo. Listen, you can't be too annoyed because you get a nickname, and all of a sudden your popularity increases. You're trending on Twitter. Yeah, you you have I a that's true. You, no, you're you, not trending, true. but you have a hashtag. Yeah. People talking about the podcast go hashtag Hambo now. Oh, they do really? Oh yeah, yeah. it's all oh. over the place. I don't think that's true. No, no, no it's that is. True. No, it definitely true. is. Yeah, I'm curious about this. No, that's so, absolutely so, true. So do a search for Hambo. There is a hashtag Ryan Ham. Yeah, which I think. Well, it's changed to handbone. <laughs> it's been well, the, so you're embracing the handbone. Not especially, only for the purposes of this podcast. I was going to say because if there's anything that any of us who's ever or known someone who got stuck with a nickname, the more you fight it, the more it's going to stick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, if, if if fourth grade taught us nothing, it's that a minor incident in class can lead to the nickname like Poot for the rest of your life. <laughs> Poot. I knew a guy who went by Poot and Pooter. <laughs> deep into college. Deep into college. I, I can't well, find I, well, I'm glad that uh, that at least Hambone has some legs. Hambone got legs. I have two. <laughs> we have a great podcast for you today. Uh, coming up later, uh, we talked to Gunger, who has a brand new album out. It's fantastic. Uh, also, we look inside the mind and of, behind oh. the new issue of Relevant, which just came out. I thought you were talking about Jesse's door. Oh, Jesse gives us a door update. Right. So yes. not only an inside look on the magazine, yeah. we're talking about an inside look on at, what's behind at, at Jesse's Into door. Into a mystical secret door. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, there's somebody on Twitter whose who's actual Twitter handle is all uppercase. H underscore A underscore M underscore B underscore Hambone. So much work. It's we're, awesome looking. I'm though. looking at the, yeah. uh, the, what are the, spaces the hashtag mean? Hambone, and I think... I think that might be the nickname for the Rangers, Josh Hamilton. Oh, really? Yeah, because a lot of people are tweeting about the Rangers games and then how Ham- Hamilton hit a home run. It was confusing because people were saying, at Relevant Podcast, awesome home run, Hambone. <laughs> it, like, the whole thing kind of got maybe, confusing. Yeah, maybe they thought you were playing for the Texas Rangers. But then, the like, but then okay, this t- one tell, is- me, tell me what this one means. This guy, Slamming Hammock. Steve Jobs and Wiz Khalifa went hambone for about six hours <laughs> I today. I saw that. What in the world? Maybe it means something that we really don't want to know. Yeah, may- maybe it's one of those mysteries that's better left unsolved. Maybe it's, yeah, just put it back in your secret door, Jesse. That's a door you don't want to open. Yeah, put it back in the secret door and put the tape up and never remove it again. Yeah, don't pull on the nail. This this other person says, glad hambone didn't Nelly that. <laughs> and, then, and, and then this one clearly is talking about the podcast. What a catch! Hambone clutch. <laughs> <laughs> I love how nice. it can be a noun or a verb. Yeah. Hambone boomstick, nuff said. 
I do carry a boomstick. Boomstick. <laughs> I like the nickname Boomstick as well. <laughs> <laughs> if we retire Hambone, you should switch to Boomstick. I like that you're discussing retiring my nickname, which you gave me two weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> we got to keep this podcast fresh. <laughs> okay, these people are clearly talking about the podcast as well. Hambone, good start. At a boy, Hambone. It's yeah, that's very specific and clear. Mm-hmm. And then somebody wrote, "Surprised Hambone is trending." <laughs> I think that was the actual. There hand should bone. be no. It should be no surprise. They obviously didn't listen to the podcast. If they're yeah, surprised, it swept, yeah, it literally swept the country. Hey, you might want to reply to this one, Melanie two four two six. Love me some ham bone. Uh oh. Hello. Uh oh. My wife's gonna have words with her. Wow. Okay. Uh, Eddie Guerra says, "Man of God, ham bone." <laughs> wow. He's clearly talking about Josh Hamilton. <laughs> oh, that's I'm Come just on. kidding. I'm just kidding. I, you know, I, I feel like I've I've started you know a, a little beef here, and I apologize. <laughs> In Tomlinson 19, my dad and I are jumping like little girls, Hambone. <laughs> they, 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 they tweeted that while listening. To the that podcast. was at the party I DJed. <laughs> DJ Hambone. DJ Hambone. Wow. This, this person, appropriate tweet. All caps. Josh! And 12 exclamation points. Hambone. See, I think they're referencing so both they're, of yeah, us. Yeah, they're yelling at you. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Farky said. Sweet dear lord, he runs like that with a pulled groin, ham bone. <laughs> Where do you think they've seen your skills? Just the playground. Just the playground. Sometimes I do the obstacle course. Just for fun. Yeah, on my way to work. How'd, me, how'd they know you pulled your groin, though? Keeps me trained. This guy says, hey, dude, it's Zach. That's his is his name on Twitter. Ding dong, Dell ham bone. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so before all that, it's time for your entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, November 8th. Joker with The Vision. Is that related to the Batman movie they're filming right now? No. Okay. <clears throat> Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds mm-hmm. with Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds. <laughs> and last and least, the Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn. Aren't there, aren't there usually good songs on that? Yeah. Like, didn't Mute Math have one? Uh, like, uh, uh, this one has Iron and Wine, Sleeping at Last is on it. Aqu- yeah. Aqualung is on there. The Joy mm-hmm. Formidable, Angus and Julia Stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they, that's what stinks. They actually have good music. Yeah. Tom York was on the last one. Muse, Muse, define their the career, baseball, the, baseball the baseball scene. <laughs> yeah, I mean they blew up because of that one scene. How yeah. do you guys know about this? We went it's to the, the only, midnight show. It's the only oh. three minutes of Twilight I've ever seen was a bunch of shirtless guys playing baseball, and Muse started playing. Isn't that Point <laughs> well, Break? That, that was the music video as well. <laughs> no, Point Break had the volleyball scene. Top Gun. Top Gun. Yeah, that was the right. volleyball scene. Point Break was beach Wait, football. Was the baseball scene in Twilight? Were they all wearing yeah. really really short jorts? I don't think so. Wait, is this the is this the uh, Brett Favre Levi's commercial where they're throwing? <laughs> Muse is yeah. Play. How many golden retrievers? Were yeah, there? yeah. Uh, Airbud. Air <laughs> <laughs> Mo- <laughs> Good reference. Hambone. <laughs> Movie releases. We're, we're only ten minutes in this thing, and Hambone's already dropped an Airbud ref. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Movie releases on Friday, November 11th. J. Edgar, the Leonardo DiCaprio bio. More like Borophil. What? <laughs> Are you kidding? What? I'm so excited to see that. I'm excited too. No, okay. Last time, okay, I, it was, I guess it was Scorsese who did um, The Aviator and yeah. it was Leonardo DiCaprio, like a biopic kind of timepiece. Yeah. And I saw the trailer. It's like, oh, this is going to be about Howard Hughes. And I was like, oh, this is going to be really good. And, 
It was so boring. <laughs> it was. Like, not, I thought it was like, really act, good. Like, oh, you know, don't worry. It's Martin Scorsese. I'm really into this. And, and like halfway through, you're like, all right, let's just call spade a spade here, guys. I, that movie scared me because I, I felt like I could identify with him a little bit. <laughs> and that terrified me. So I actually went and. Is that uh, because you keep jars of your own pee in your bedroom? I can do, see. Do you walk there. around with <laughs> tissue boxes on your feet? I can see Hitler ending up in that place. <laughs> Uh, the, no, and the, so I went out and uh, rented, uh, rented uh, for the library, checked out uh, his uh, biography. It was mm-hmm. like 700 pages. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. Yeah. I thought the movie was great. I liked it too. Well, not great. I mean, it's good though. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not, I mean, it's a little slow. I mean, it's no Jay but... Edgar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited to see it because Clint Eastwood's directing it. He's a really good director. Exactly. I, and apparently, I hated Gran Torino. Everybody I've never seen Are you kidding? Oh. I just thought that was a terrible movie. What? Everybody loved it, and I couldn't. I I thought Clint Eastwood was a great director until Gran Torino, and then I was like, I don't get it. Racism is still alive. You right. know that? I know it showed us the gritty reality of it. It was moving. Moving. I thought his best two movies, his one two punch, were uh, Mr. Gruber mm-hmm. and Million Dollar Baby. I like both. both yeah, of those the, are, yeah, those, those were both those. good. Oh, they're so good. They're mm-hmm. so sad. Yeah. Well, why would I want to be depressed? Why would you want to be racist? <laughs> I want to understand. Why would you want to be bored? Uh, well, that's, movie... that's my thing with J. Edgar. <laughs> is Real Steel not still playing? I don't understand. Why are we seeing J. Edgar? <laughs> Why not just go to Real Steel again? Oh, his uh, Clint Eastwood's movie, The Changeling, was not good, though. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, it's, it's not, really not It seemed no. like Spanglish. Because it was uh, two letters, words coming Letters from Iwo Jima is great, though. Is it? Yeah. Brian, let me ask you this. How did you like Million Dollar Baby and not like Real Steel? They're basically <laughs> the same film. Same I, haven't, I haven't seen Real Steel yet. I don't know if you have either, Jesse. <laughs> I've seen enough. Of the, I've seen the trailer <laughs> enough times to know. You've you always seen it. It's basically it? million dollar baby with robots. You missed the whole pot with the yeah. podcast. You were gone. Yeah, he didn't review it. No, he did. No, he did. He did. He just. But reviewed. he hadn't seen it. Yeah. So we built up this whole thing, <laughs> and then he admit he like pulled all these movie references together, the same thing, and then he admitted that he hadn't seen it, and then he gave us a play by play of the trailer <laughs> as he was watching as he it. was watching it. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, it was a it was a point. It was a write on review. Yeah. I yeah. then I then I I, I was telling I I can't remember who it was maybe uh, Ryan that I had an idea one time to set up a blog where I review DVDs mm-hmm. but I don't watch them I just look at the cover and read the back <laughs> and try to determine how good this movie is. Yeah, I think that's pretty safe. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll see Real Steel when it comes on on DVD. That's what I did with Fast Five. Someone told me they got emotional. You did not experience Fast Five no. on the IMAX. No, I waited until it came out on um, Xbox Live and rented it. It doesn't. It's not the same. I loved the human pathos that is in every line of Vin Diesel's face. I know, but <laughs> imagine if that face was thirty so feet tall. It was like I mean, I rented it and like it was at like eleven thirty, and I didn't realize. So I'm like super into it the whole time, and they both fell asleep. How could you fall asleep? I don't know. In Fast Five. No. They pull a safe down. That part was great. It was a little long, though. You saw it twice within the first week or two, right? Yeah. I'm just not remembering this. Yeah. And did I saw- you go, like, after the movie ended, you just sat there and waited for the next showing? <laughs> I saw like, seven straight hours of I Fast saw five. Too Fast, Too Furious. No, I saw Tokyo Drift four times in the theater. See, did the, you really? Yeah, not by choice. It just I kept being stuck with people who hadn't seen it, and that was the only thing out. Just yeah. a big Bow Wow fan. <laughs> the only or a little Bow Wow fan. Uh, the only movie. Come on. bone. <laughs> the only <laughs> other Fast uh, Fast and the Furious movie I'd seen was the first one, and this I so, hated it. Yeah, that's all yeah. Right. But then I kept hearing good things about Fast Five, so I figured I should. They brought it full I, circle. Well, and the thing I like is that it's gotten increasingly more ludicrous, mm-hmm. which for me in an action movie is all I want. I right. think he's in this one, right? So. 
Who? Ludicrous. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. So. he came back. They all came. It's back. got increasingly more ludicrous. Yeah, there's more and more of him. Yeah, in there. In a little bubble. Yeah. Uh, also coming out, Immortals, starring Mickey Rourke. That looks terrible. And Henry Cavill, Jack and Jill. Oh, oh, oh. that looks. Ugh. That looked like a parody trailer. Yeah, I re- no, it looks. Yeah, it looks like a it's, fake movie that they made. It, are you remember the beginning of Tropic Thunder when they're just showing yeah. those fake trailers? You're <laughs> yeah. Like this is too absurd to yeah. believe. Like Adam Sandler dressed as a twin sister walking around in his or his slash her underwear. Yeah, this is too ridiculous to be made. Yeah, well, and even the even the trailer guy when he's doing like when he's doing the voiceover, it's like, and the only person that can get to Jack. Is his twin sister, and it's like hello, <laughs> <laughs> and you immediately know that it's the worst movie ever made. I, I really think it would be in that conversation. Well, yeah, it, well, it, it is one of those comedies where they drew stuff out of a hat, like yeah. twin sister Adam Sandler dressed as a girl. You know, have to get to the, you know, re- reunite the family before midnight to get the will. You know, like yeah. those were the plot lines. Ugh. Terrible. Uh, and last uh, and not least, Melancholia, starring Kirsten Dunst, Kiefer Sutherland, Charlotte Gainsbourg. There you go. Speaking of movies, uh, later in the podcast, we are giving away 10 copies. What? 10 copies ten of the copies. Blu-ray. Hold on. We've already given away. Is this the Blu-ray of the Entre Leadership book? <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be giving away 10 copies. Well, I guess we're going to tell you how you can win because we are giving away Correct. 10 copies. Of the Blu-ray of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows. Which volume? Does it matter? Uh, two. Uh, hold on. Part, part two. Wait. Hold, it, wait, wait, wait. Whatever the new one is. Sorry, I hadn't thought that through, Ryan. <laughs> Didn't on. think it mattered. Come, Come on. on. There's part one or part two. Oh, well, what is sure. the one that's not out? Part two. I mean, probably like, that part one. one is already out on yeah, DVD. Yeah. Well, then it would be the one that's coming out. Okay. Because this is making sure. Come on, only the insiders know these things. Uh, (laughs) Only the the insiders who you know spent seven hundred million dollars in its opening month. Yeah, but that was only like fourteen people just going. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it was like Cameron going to Fast Five. Yeah, over and over. (laughs) But Cameron didn't pay every time he went because he just stayed in the theater. So it's true. Um, Okay, so that's entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, slices. You're listening to David Crowder Band. Soak it in, folks. <laughs> this is the last time. Because this is it. This is it. Uh, what let, song was that, Cameron? Let Me Feel You Shine. Hmm. Let Me Feel You Shine, Hambone. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little risque. It's playing right now on I, Relevant very, FM. It's more, very awkward. it's more risky than risque, I think. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard the Black Keys with Lonely Boy. Huh. Uh, which is also now playing on Relevant FM. What do you think about the new Black Keys song? I don't think it's as good as the last album. It's okay. It feels to me like they're trying to recapture their last album rather than pushing into new yeah. places. Yeah, which is kind of how I felt about the ju- the new Justice album, too. It didn't really take me into the future. It just kind of... It was like, meh. oh, that was good. It was good, good but it was liked- good like two years ago. Yeah, oh, You really guys liked our last album. I really yeah. liked the Justice album. Do you? Yeah. Oh, you're wrong. No. <laughs> 
I don't like the whole thing because I mean they do a little too much of the like. Yeah. We're a prog rock band with yeah. lots of keys, but yeah. Black keys. Black ones. Black keys. Yeah. yeah. So okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? Okay, so with social media, you know, being everywhere like it is, I guess there are some places in the world that are still grappling with how you know social media and what you post. Um, you know, how that uh, affects like libel and slander law. So in, in Taiwan, apparently just liking a comment can make you uh, liable for defamation. Someone is being sued because they liked a comment. Um, and uh, basically, it's kind of a long story. Uh, uh, there was a business owner who didn't pay his employees. And so someone went on Facebook and said, hey, this guy owes us money he didn't pay. A coworker posted this. Wow, the chamber pot really stinks, <laughs> which is evidently an incredibly terrible insult in Taiwan. The chamber pot really stinks. We wouldn't understand. Yeah, I, I'm guessing that the that the you know real meat of this insult was it, it lost gets in lost. translation. Yeah, it gets lost. Because another person who's not involved with the um, discrepancy over the unpaid wages liked the comment, wow, the chamber pot really stinks. And so that person is being sued for defamation as well as the person who wrote, wow, the chamber pot really stinks. I get, wow, for liking a comment. Wow. For, for, and not only a comment, it's, how is that defaming? You know? Well, what I happens mean, if the, you hashtag hambone? I mean, you could be executed immediately. No, you're given a commendation. A commendation? Yeah. But it's defaming you. Is that defaming? I think so. If you Why? don't if you don't like the nickname. What if I'm neutral? No. Then you're, then well, it's up good. to you. I mean, really, <laughs> their fate rests in your, hand, your hands, Hambone. This is good to know. Depends on how like I'm the, feeling. Are, yeah, are, you, you, I guess you can choose the press charge. I'm a very, I'm a very wishy-washy social media dictator. <laughs> But yeah, so you know, in, in in Taiwan, if you're ever there and you're on uh, Facebook, be careful what you like and what you say because you could be, um, you know, held accountable for defaming someone, even if it's just declaring how stinky their chamber pot is. <laughs> Hashtag handbone. <laughs> All right, what do you have? So uh, a few congressmen from Vermont want to pass a law that makes it a felony, uh, punishable by up to five years in prison. Uh, to label something as maple syrup if it's not real syrup. What if someone tags it maple syrup and you like it on Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> then you are immediately thrown in uh, Thai prison. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I heard this. <laughs> You're extradited to Thailand. <laughs> exactly. I heard this on NPR the other day, and I thought it was um, it, that it had something to do specifically with the Vermont. Like, Vermont, like they wanted that. Like champagne can only be called oh, champagne. Yeah. Example, and that so they want to make it. It's only maple syrup if it's yeah, actually from Vermont. Exactly. But but you said if Sorry, it's not actually yeah, syrup. Yeah, yeah. So it has to be. It has to be like Vermont maple syrup. Yeah, they want it. It has to come from Vermont in order to be labeled maple syrup. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, there's maple trees elsewhere. Well, mm -hmm. Yeah. Presumably, like you know, so, adjoining yeah, why states. Why does Vermont yeah. get a monopoly on the maple? Why does Champagne get a monopoly on Champagne? Grapes? Because it's the actual Champagne region. Yeah, but other it grows elsewhere. Have you guys been to Champagne, Illinois? Be beautiful <laughs> country. Good wine, beautiful. wine region. Beautiful country this yeah. time of year. Yeah. So, so okay. If I have my own maple tree, let uh -huh. me just get this straight. I have my own maple tree uh -huh. in my yard, uh -huh. and I 
do whatever it takes to get the maple out of. I'm not sure, not familiar with the <laughs> you, process. You tap a bucket. Yeah. Yeah. I, ta- I tap a bucket and hang it on the tree and wait a couple weeks from what I've seen in the movies. And I take that and, and I go and I, at like a flea market or something, how a many, really boring one about maple syrup. Yeah. Okay. I'm about to say, is this a dock, a rock dock? No, no, I'm just saying whenever I see maple syrup being referenced in anything on TV, yeah, it's pretty much, they just drill some sort of hole in the tree and put a bucket on there. That yeah. is a terrible movie. It just sounds yeah, it was, boring. It was really boring. Yeah. Um, it was called J. Edgar. <laughs> I fell asleep almost direct, immediately. Directed by Clint Eastwood. It's his secret passion. Uh-huh. That's what comes yeah. out J. Edgar. He was um, just a passionate passion about the maple. Yeah, I, I don't mean to spoil it, but the first 45 minutes of the film are about maple syrup. <laughs> How to make um, it. <laughs> um, Clint Eastwood took it in a strange direction. No, but but so if I were to do that and then go sell it somewhere, I can't call it maple. Even if I if I call it like Virginia maple syrup, it's still not allowed to be called maple syrup well, by, that's what, by the federal I think law. That's maybe, what they're proposing. Maybe if you called it Virginia maple, it would be okay. Well, can, I could yeah. see I could see them saying you can't call it Vermont maple syrup. Of course, right, if it's right, if you yeah. grew it in De- Delaware, maybe you just maybe they're only allowed to call it maple syrup, and you have to call it something else maple syrup. I would call it Vermonty maple syrup. Just put an e on the end. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that would work. I'm trying to think like how. Because I, I, I mean, I guess like champagne, they have to call it sparkling, sparkling wine, wine, right? Or prosecco, or but, because it implies that it came from that region, right? And so, yeah. but so I can. That's why I can see. Right. You can't call it Vermont maple syrup, but to not just call yeah, it maple syrup that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Man, this what makes me hate Aunt Vermont Jem- even more. <laughs> what would Aunt them Jemima and their do? foliage? They are already on my last nerve. <laughs> I feel like you might only have one of those, though. Well, today it's Vermont, <laughs> and their maple syrup law, and their foliage, and whatever else they're known for. You've made the list. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 on my dead list, Vermont. So, what do you have, Josh? Uh, my slice hits uh, particularly close to home. It's personal because uh, currently in my front yard, I am battling a mole. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever tried to fight a mole. I, I have at Chuck E. Cheese. Okay, <laughs> I learned. Yeah, I, I, I learned I've the technique. Tried to whack a mole. What you yeah. really got to do is get this big mallet. <laughs> yeah, I need two mallets. Is it one or two? Is it just it's one? Just one. Well, okay. it's better to cheat and use two because then you get more tickets. Okay, maybe that's yeah. why I've thought about two mallets. If you really want that Super Bowl, you're going to need the yeah. two mallets. Okay. Well, the mole originated, I believe, in my neighbor's yard, and he came over complaining a couple months ago. I got this mole in my yard, and I thought, oh. It's terrible. And I just thought, it better not come over here. Sure enough, my entire front yard is chewed up because the mole keeps popping up and I can't whack it fast enough. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> was, is, was, is this in the news? Uh, it hasn't been in the news yet, but after the podcast, you're breaking public, the story. After yeah. what he's about to do to this mole, yeah, it, could. it will be in the news. Well, anyway, I've been trying to figure out how do you treat a mole. I mean, I, I it's would, God's creature. Let him live there. You treat him very poor, rudely, okay. and see if he moves on. Well, well so I, as I've been praying Shun about him. what to do with God's creation, uh, I've came across this in the news uh, in Sweden uh, this last week. A man has been under siege by a squirrel that lives in his yard, that keeps breaking into his house and destroying his house, eating things, and uh, and it's trashed his house on numerous occasions. So this guy has gone to the local authorities asking for the right to take revenge and murder the squirrel. After two months, local authorities have finally ruled in his favor and have come back to him and said, "Yes, you can." Why would he? D- why would he even ask? So that's what's so. Yeah. So what's interesting is a he asked permission. Mm-hmm. Polite. Uh, so the Swedish people are some of the sweetest people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen them, 
but they are blonde um, and uh, and especially kind. So because of that, I'm impressed with the way in which they've gone to the authorities rather than taking the matter in their own hands. I'm trying to figure out how in the world I can kind of put a petition together, talk to my local uh, representative, maybe mm-hmm. congressman, mm-hmm. and uh, and see what they think. Don't you get rid of a mole by sticking a hose down one of the holes and just flooding it? But there's so many holes. I don't know. I well, they're all connected. They're all connected. Do you think? No, I know the grid under the ground. Yeah, it's all connected. Yeah, yeah. he just it pops is. up. I imagine he's got like <laughs> he's he's got a plan for that. That's happened before. I feel like he's I've got, got a little mole scuba gear. Yes, just, he's he's thought ahead. Well, he's like he's like Mario in the water world. He'll just swim and find a little air bubble. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but that's I'm, how you get him. I may murder this thing, but I don't know now whether to ask permission because this person has gone out of their way waited too. this months. is America we don't ask permission no maybe we yeah. ask forgiveness <laughs> okay. we shoot first and ask questions is there later. an amendment for something like this maybe in Sweden squirrels are endangered I but, had a squirrel break into my dorm room and ransack the place oh, oh that's what they do because I we uh you know we had this like uh, metal trellisy thing that would go up the mm. whole side of the building so I left the window cracked and I came back and a squirrel had jumped from the tree to the trellis into my room and was sitting in my bed when I uh, came in the room <laughs> it had the covers pulled up at least you weren't asleep or anything <laughs> yeah that would be the most terrible can you imagine waking up and there's a squirrel staring at you sitting on your chest <laughs> and you look around and your room is just trashed yeah. and he's like you're next yeah. this is Christmas vacation <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was kind of like that. Trying to yeah. get it out wasn't easy. And then I flooded my room. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And the squirrel swam away. I burned gear. down my, the door. <laughs> then I burned down the it's door. The only rational thing. <laughs> yeah, I asked permission. Uh huh. And they said, sure. Took two it's months. It's understandable. <laughs> no, you just stick a hose down one of the holes okay. and uh, turn it on full power. And uh, he'll pop up somewhere. Okay. And have your mallet ready. I may videotape <laughs> this. Yeah, Josh. No, I, I think I've had this problem before. And there's a, there's really one thing you can do that will get rid of the, that will solve the problem forever. You got to sell your house. <laughs> that's that's the only way. You're gonna have to move. Okay. Those bowls aren't those bowls aren't leaving. Okay. All right. Well, good to know. Yeah, you gotta just move. Okay. Move on. All right. On that note, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Gunker. You're listening to Lisa Hannigan. The song is Knots. It's playing right now on Relevant.fm. Tune in. Gunger is uh, self-described as a liturgical post-rock band. I have do, no idea what that means. Do we that know means. what that means? I, I, I don't think anybody does. But it's provocative. It gets, it gets the people moving. <laughs> um, They've just released the follow-up to their widely successful debut, uh, which was Beautiful Things, which earned them multiple Grammy nominations and Album of the Year declarations. If you've ever seen Gunger's live show, it's truly phenomenal. And uh, uh, their fans and I were eager to see where they would go with the next studio release. Mm -hmm. To say that the album doesn't disappoint is an understatement. It goes to a level that Beautiful Things didn't. It's really exciting. Uh, their new album is called Ghosts Upon the Earth. It just came out. Uh, the title is a, um, uh, from an allegory C.S. Lewis uh, wrote called The Great Divorce, in which the ghosts of a gray town encounter a heaven that is astonishingly, even painfully real. 
Our very own Josh Louie and Loveless spoke to them. Here is Gunger. I don't think there's an artist that, that we've ever talked to that loves being put in a box of any sort. And uh, there's some people that put you in the the worship music and Christian music box. Um, but it feels as though your music doesn't really seem comfortable fitting there. Um, but yet your music's really spiritual. How do you describe what's led you down the path that, that your music you know seems to be going down? You know, an artist... The artists I like write from places that are honest in themselves, and spirituality and and faith and doubt and love and all the stuff that that we write about and and worship itself, those those are coming from the deepest places in my soul and 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 to me music is always what I what I love about music is it has this ability to kind of get beneath. The surface of things and and speak from and to the soul and so for me like we're making part of what i don't like about the labels of christian music and stuff like that is it we don't classify other music like that we don't we don't say atheistic music or humanistic music or buddhist music or like we don't lump that all together as in that is the you know the foundation of if it's art um we're all saying something and to me like to me it just it creates an odd it's just an odd way of separating it and sometimes i I feel like because we separate it like that we don't take the art as seriously and letting the art stand on its own so that's really just a word game really i mean it certainly is coming out of a my faith is and my spirituality and the songs that i write has always been present say there's anything specific for each of you um that's changed about who you are from your last album with beautiful things and and now this recent album yeah i well one thing is we have a a baby girl now yeah um our lives have drastically changed yeah it's interesting these albums i i hear even though we don't really write literally autobiographically or anything um when i hear the songs I hear stories like Please Be My Strength from Beautiful Things. I think of what I was going, I mean, I think of that green room that I was sitting in wondering if I believed in God anymore, (laughs) you know, like um, the pain of that total darkness of, you know, the dark night of the soul. Um, And same with beautiful, yeah, same with beautiful beautiful things. things. Yeah, the hopeful moments. Yeah, then we didn't, a lot of that came from you know, we didn't know if we'd be able to have kids. We didn't know a lot of our friends were going through the same kind of thing and miscarriages and all that kind of 
uh, searching. What season does this this album represent then? Mm, I'm trying to think. Question. It is an interesting yeah. question. Because so, in some ways, I mean, I don't think. I think for me, I thought you know, okay, well, this is a season of doubting and darkness, and and you kind of think that that season will just disappear. Yeah. And in some ways, it's still present. Mm. Um, you still have questions. Well, I I still have questions. I still doubt. Yeah. Uh, I still uh, even, but but. I feel like for me, like I see the light more than I used to. Mm. I think like with with the season of beautiful things, there was a season for me. I felt like I was completely overcome by like by by like just looking at the evil and the darkness in the world, and and I I, I felt like it was overpowering the light. But for me, I feel like in this album, no, there is light, and like I mean, even starting with "Let There Be," like a lot of that came out of. It's not just the creation of of the worlds, but it's let there be now, like here, like darkness is here now and chaos is here now. Let there be light in the midst of our lives right now. Like God, it's it, God is still saying, let there be light in the darkness. And I feel like for me, I can see that light more. I see the goodness more. Uh, anything else that you feel like is is important for people to capture and to really understand about why this album means so much to you guys and and why you've really you know spent so so much time investing into it? Um, anything else that you just feel like you you want to share about that? Well, I think for me, it's the album as a whole, like for people to know that yeah, it is a story. And like I, I just got, I just read an email this morning. One of the girls in at Bloom, she just emailed me, and she kind of was sharing how she had been in such a kind of a dark place. And she's like, "I'm sorry if this is so depressing." And it was interesting because her sharing her pain, and she, one of her best friends had died from cancer, and so she's going through this whole grieving thing, and just her talking about it, it was so interesting how she didn't even like talk about hope, but somehow her sharing her heart in it and her story brought me hope. And it, when it was weird, I was sitting in this coffee shop and I'm almost like bursting into tears, you know, all these people think I'm kind of crazy. Um, but that's kind of my hope with this album is like our stories help each other, even if it's not the best story, like sharing your story helps. And I hope that people can hear through this album there's the, I, I my hope is that it brings them hope I think there's so many more people that struggle than we know and it, like it's okay to have questions it's okay to struggle um, my hope is that they can that they can relate I guess that they can relate to the stories that we're singing about and that somehow through the pain or through the joy of it all that they they get a little bit of a little bit of hope in their lives a little bit of it's okay in their lives, you know? Yeah, me too. I, uh, there are just moments in my life and there are a few pieces of music that consistently do it. But as I look back, 
there were just moments of art or film or music or books, whatever, that just came at the right spot for my soul and, and really opened up my soul in a good way. And, and this music did that for us. I mean, I, we're, I take really seriously these albums and, and, you know, we had a long list of songs and we put a lot of work into not only the crafting of individual songs, but what do we want this album to say? And, and as a whole, what do we want this work to be? And, and really the reason for that work is because what those songs do in me, they're, it's good. It really, it, those all came most, I, I, I either shed it at least one tear <laughs> or, or had the ugly stanky face going <laughs> for every song, <laughs> like the, you know, like groove. Uh, that was kind of my goal to either have, I wanted every song to feel like something. I, I'm right. not with this album. I, I wasn't, I didn't want, it, it wasn't the filler. Yeah. And casual, uh, blase kind of, that's not what we were going for. We were going for, uh, they all came from pretty deep soul places. So uh, my hope is that other people's souls would hear that and, and open up as well. That was Gunger. Check out their new album everywhere or at gungermusic.com. You're listening to Florence and the Machine. The song is Never Let Me Go from her brand new album, Ceremonials. The November issue of Relevant just released. Uh, if you're a subscriber, you probably got it a couple weeks ago. But it's on newsstands, uh, both physical newsstands and the iOS app newsstand now. Um, we always like to tell you some behind-the-scenes uh, stories and a little bit about the magazine. So we brought in uh, our editorial team. Obviously, Ryan, our managing editor, has been here the whole podcast. And uh, Roxanne Weeman, our editorial director, just joined us. Welcome. Hello. So this was this was a fun issue to put together because um, I guess people always assume that when we do a cover story or whatever, we're just hanging out with the person and we're doing all these photo shoots and stuff like that. But that rarely is the case, actually. Mm-hmm. But it actually happened uh, for this issue um, in early August, uh, in, like on a one-day break in bet- right before they left for Tokyo. Um, uh, our, our photographer and Chad and I and the writer Kevin Selders went down to New Orleans to spend the day with the Mute Math guys for this story. So what you have here is not only 
you know, a great story, but a photo shoot that happened in all over, all around New Orleans. And uh, we also got video behind the scenes of the day. And then uh, the guys recorded one of their new songs in um, Paul's basement. I say that with quote marks because ground floor level basement at his house. And uh, that's on Relevant TV right now. Yeah. It was a it was a fun day. Any uh, anything stand out to you? Uh, just a couple things that we've already talked about. How I had to drive the fifteen passenger van around. I didn't know where I was going. That is true. <laughs> Almost. Uh, oh, I completely drenched the uh, rather large lady that was waiting for the bus on the side of the road. And uh, I think that's about it. Those are my highlights. It was fun going. Uh, you know, we kind of retraced their spiritual journey with them. Um, the guys, Darren and Paul. I uh, grew up in the uh, kind of more of the more extreme end of the Word of Faith uh, charismatic church, and uh, both toured with televangelists and kind of came up in music that way, which is funny when you listen to their music now. So they both kind of had this crisis of faith and this uh, really compelling story, and that's what we focused on in the issue. Um, but as part of the visual story, we wanted to kind of retraced their steps with them. And so we went with Paul back to the little church where he first played music as a five-year-old leading worship. And when you watch the behind the scenes video, you actually see he jumps up on stage and gets the keyboard out and Darren mm-hmm. gets up there with the tambourine and they start playing like, I will dance like David danced and you know all this stuff from, from back in the day, uh, which is really funny. But so we went all around. I mean, we went to, you know, French Quarter. Yeah. Uh, Bourbon Street where, you know, they're telling us like, that's the corner where, I very awkwardly in my freshman year of college tried to witness every Tuesday night and it was always embarrassing and difficult. And this is the place where we had a seven days a week worship venue here on the French Quarter as an outreach and they played there every day. And so it was just really interesting to kind of see New Orleans through their eyes and through their story. It's really cool. What, What was interesting when the idea for this first came up was the guys have had this tension of talking about their faith. And, uh, and uh, you know, through the last few years of their career, I think they've had, you know, a lot of mixed feelings about it. And uh, this issue, when when the idea of doing the story came up, they said, like, straight up, no holds barred. Mm-hmm. We want to tell the story that we've never told anybody before. Yeah, that was a really big deal to them to... To even in their album, they said this is really this is really a time in their life when they're really exploring their faith background mm-hmm. and what it means to them today. Well, the the new album is called Odd Soul, and uh, they it, it's very uh, purposeful title. Yeah, and there's a lot there, and really the only place you're going to hear the full story of what that means. Yeah. Is, is in this article. Well, that's yeah. the thing is like, I, th- there are all these stories that I want to talk about, but I don't want to spoil the article. Yeah, it's, there's yeah. A, <laughs> let me just say it's this. True. There's some crazy stuff that's in this story. Yeah. And then there's even crazier stuff that came up in the conversation yeah. that we're like, that taken out of context uh, might not be great. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so yeah. it was nuts. This think, story is yeah. nuts. I think what's great is that they're really at a place in their lives where they can where they can really appreciate their background. They're not like mad at their background anymore and they're not like resistant to it. They've, they've really come to a place where they can look at it and be like, this is how it made me into the person I am today. Mm. And I appreciate it for that. Yeah. Right. Um, other highlights in the issue and, uh, other things that stood out to you guys. Um, the one that I thought I like, I really liked was the one that Jonathan Merritt wrote about civil disobedience. Mm. Um, cause I feel like that's so, 
that's so timely right now, like with the Occupy Wall Street protests and stuff going on. It's just like how is as Christians when we think about engaging with the public sector, like how do we do that? Um, I mean, does it mean when we see injustice, we break the law? I mean, you know, there there's always been uh, discussion on how like best to protest abortion. Like, do you you know pick it outside abortion clinics or do you write letters to your congressman? So it's it's this really interesting tension between. How do you how do you uh, live in that area when it seems like in order to keep the law you have to disobey God's law? But like, is there a way around that? And just like looking into the gray area of that. I really like the article uh, when revolutionaries grow up, and that was kind of our um, a couple of our writers wrote uh, Adam and Chrissy Jeske wrote that, and it's um, I think it's just really interesting you when you're in your when you're in college and when you're in your early twenties, you have a lot of ideas about how life should be lived. And you think I'll never own furniture. I'll definitely never own a house. I'll never take vacation unless I'm going to serve overseas. And, and those are all great things. Um, but then like there's this reality check that a lot of people experience as they get older and they get jobs and they move away from their families and they need to take vacation to go back to their families. Um, and it's beneficial to own to maybe own a house or to own a car that runs. I mean, there's, 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 there's all these things that aren't as black and white as you thought they were when you were in your early twenties. And, um, the Jeskies kind of talk about that as they've wrestled with it in their life too. And just kind of how can you, how, how can your sort of radicalism, how does that um, evolve with you as you get older and how can you be radical even in a sort of, in a different way as you get older than you were in your twenties? Um, another music feature we did uh, was with Manchester Orchestra, and that was another one where we were really surprised with uh, just the stories that they were willing to open up about. Um, the lead singer, Andy Hull, talks a lot about, um, I mean, and I guess it's probably not surprising to anyone who's a fan of Manchester, because you know that all their songwriting is so hard on your sleeve. Like, and I mean, I mean, like on their newest album, Simple Math, it talks all about his marital troubles with his wife and... Um, you know, just in heart-wrenching detail. But, you know, he talks about uh, where he's at with his faith and, um, like, how he grew up in a Christian home and what he's been able to do with that and uh, how he makes music and why he's and why he's so honest. Um, I mean, he talks about how he had to get permission from his wife to use some of the songs on Simple Math because they were so autobiographical. My favorite piece was the uh, 2012 Predictions. Yes, you can't miss that one. And on the iPad, it's probably the best looking article. Nice. <laughs> it really is. It's crazy. It's like the best design piece, and it's like totally ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't go. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway. There's a lot to learn in that article. Well, the you'll, title, you'll the t- the title tells you everything. John Cusack will be wrong mm-hmm. in 11 other predictions for 2012. You know, we also do some holiday coverage, but one of the cool things is like we've been doing the last couple of years, we did the um, uh, Relevant Christmas gift guide mm-hmm. uh, where we help fi- help you find like thoughtful, conscientious, creative, and mainly inexpensive gift options. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's about the thought that counts. So basically come to our gift guide and we'll be a cheat sheet. Um, and and uh, the other cool thing is other magazines have done gift guides and stuff, but they're basically just paid spots. Our team actually thoughtfully uh, went through and found really cool stuff that we're excited about and really had no had no outside influences or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So it's just a great gift guide. Yeah. In the magazine, there's half there's a dozen or so, yeah. 
but at uh, relevantgiftguide.com, there's like a hundred, couple hundred. Yeah. And uh, in the iPad issue, it's a fusion. It it's integrated into the magazine like another article, but it's actually the full uh, experience from the website yeah. uh, natively designed in there. So it's pretty neat. Yeah. yeah. We always have a really good time uh, researching that. Yeah. So yeah. I definitely got a together. few of my Christmas gifts last year based on our gift guide. It's we're very stuff. we're very good at picking things. Absolutely. <laughs> very good. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot more to the issue. It's out now. Um, we'd love for you to check it out and let us know what you think. Um, if you are on um, the iPad, it is uh, available in the uh, App Store newsstand. You can get it there. Um, you can subscribe there for $9.99 or each issue is $2.99. If you want to get the print magazine, it's available at newsstands across the country. Or you can subscribe at relevantmagazine.com. You get access to the iPad edition as part of the subscription. You also get Reject Apathy and four albums. So it's Man. it's a pretty great deal for yeah. fourteen ninety five, oh. uh, and we we love the support. And hey, we actually think you're going to like the magazine. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> yeah, it's a great issue. It's fun. And yeah, uh, and uh, if you want to see the behind the scenes video or the performance video from Mute Matt, that's in the article, or it's it's in the article as a QR code. You can watch it on your phone. You can also obviously experience it on the iPad, and it's over at Relevant TV. So uh, I would I would suggest checking that out. The song especially is really cool. Okay, thanks for joining us. Uh, stay tuned. Up next, feedback. Blow out the candle. Blindness. Blindness. Love is blindness. I don't want to see what you have. You're listening to Jack White. The song is Love is Blindness. Playing right now on Relevant FM. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Uh, last week, we asked you <laughs> what you thought is behind Jesse's secret closet door. Um, Jesse, you want to give some context for this? Yeah, so uh, a few weeks ago, I was trying to do some maintenance at my house, and, and a, a closet door was broken, and I'm not much of a handyman. And in the process of trying to fix the closet door, I accidentally knocked all the shelves off the back of the closet. So while I was crawling back there trying to fix them, I noticed about knee-high a little tiny door in the back of this closet in the guest room that I've never noticed before. I love that he's giving context for this. We don't give context for anything. You have to go back and listen to episodes from years ago, but <laughs> you're setting this up well. Continue. You are, yeah. Well, so I I was, you know, very curious about the what, what could possibly be behind that door, but uh, the only clue I had is it something that somebody at some point didn't want to get out because around the perimeter of the door, there was a thin piece of tape. And with a little nail for a doorknob. <laughs> I love the little nail. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you got to open it somehow. Yeah, right. <laughs> and they're not going to invest in a little knob for that. So, so you've you've refrained from opening it because yes. the the wonder of what it could be, mm-hmm. but what could be behind that door is probably better than the reality. And exactly. So, so if I leave it unopened behind that door is pirate coins, Narnia, dinosaur bones, you name it. But I, if I open it, it's none of those things, you know, maybe, the dream kind maybe, of dots. Maybe, uh, so, maybe, exactly. So you, we talked about it on last week's podcast, yes. uh, what you thought it might be. 
this week, we promised you were going to tell us what it is. But before we get to that, you all, the listeners, went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com, and you posted your your speculation there. Here's some of your theories. Kiki Pounds uh, says approximately two kilograms of dust, dander, and shed skin, 560 grams of roach poop, 900 grams of rodent poop, 10 kilograms of spider webs, all of which will end up in your face, and the last missing copy of the Constitution of the U.S. Also, Nick Cage will be in there looking for it. The secrets of our nation yeah. are behind that. Yeah. A lot of Masonic symbols. At least Nick's looking for it. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I like Gabriel Adam. He says he thinks it's very clear that George Bluth is behind that door. <laughs> or would it be Onyong? On- oh, uh, Scott Corrin. Uh, Scott Corrin's suggestion might make you actually want to open the door. Well, he, because- he has now. Oh, you have. Oh, yeah. He's, 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 he's about to tell us. He said it would have a dumb waiter, which I mean would be awesome. Mm-hmm. It would be. That yeah. would be cool. Yeah. But I, I, what if it's a? What if the waiter is smart? <laughs> then Why he does would, he have to demean waiters? He would waiters. punch you right in the I face for making a, a bad pun. Right. I wouldn't want a dumb waiter because he keep messing up your order. There we go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> but but where would the dumb waiter go? You know, would I have noticed the other hatch? Do you have a one-story house? Yeah. Well, oh, then you don't yeah. need a. Well, no. maybe it goes up to the attic where <laughs> that George just reminds Lutes. me of. Uh, it like, goes to maybe places it's more you of a don't conveyor belt. Another belt. like, there's a. Do you remember that one episode of Arrested Development where Ben Stiller is playing Tony Wonder, and he waits inside <laughs> yeah. a dumbwaiter for like 45 minutes for someone to say Wonder so he can pop out and surprise everyone. <laughs> <laughs> or that episode of King of Queens where they, where he wants the the sole factor of him wanting to buy the house as the dumbwaiter. <laughs> Yeah. And and uh, Carrie gets really upset, and he decides to send her up some Chinese food, and it's literally taking him like ten minutes to crank the dumbwaiter <laughs> up, and eventually breaks, and all the Chinese food falls to wherever it goes. So, but no, it wasn't a dumbwaiter. Ooh, Jeremiah Dowling says Fraggle Rock. That'd be good. <laughs> I just like that Jeremiah got to the point. Yeah, he's like, it's very simple. Yeah, it's Fraggle Rock. Well, Christopher Perry, which I'm assuming this is Tyler Perry's brother. Yeah. Um, or Rick Perry, which would be different. Yeah, it's someone from the Perry family <laughs> said that if I open the door, I'll end up inside John Acuff's head, like a la being John Malkovich. <laughs> and I just start tweeting from his account immediately <laughs> to all 40 or 50,000 followers. You know, how many followers do you think Carrie Job has? Worship leader Carrie Job. Oh, 20? you know, this is actually a great game. I think someone should incorporate this. We should come up with Christian celebrities and we should guess how many people are on their Twitter account. That's 25 good. million. No. <laughs> Four. 60,000. 100,000. 100, 98,000. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so Dwight Howard has two and a half million. How many do you think Rihanna has? Uh, 3.7 yeah she's at definitely higher 9 million twitter followers <sighs> my gosh <laughs> does gaga have the most i th- i think it's either gaga or ashton how many okay. does ashton kutcher have so ashton kutcher uh-huh. mm-hmm. 8.1 million followers mm. so rihanna has, so rihanna has him. more he he works hard at his social thing yeah. too he has a whole business around it he probably is hating life so how many do you think rick warren has uh 1.5 and Four, he's he's new to the game. He is new. Four hundred forty nine thousand. Yeah. Oh. Um. So, but if you go to that clout site uh-huh. with a K, yeah, and they talk about your Twitter reach and effectiveness and impact and how much you influence other people, blah blah. blah. The uh, number one cl- 
clout score is, I think, Ashton or Gaga. It's one of those two. And the second one is Rick Warren. Hmm. As wow. far as like, he gets retweeted so much, and people reply to him, yeah. and it's substantive content and stuff like that. Huh. Whoa. Okay, I just pulled up the top 200 Twitter accounts, and uh, I'm going to do a top 10. Okay, the number one Twitter person. Wait, can you do top three, or do you only have number one? I, I can, yeah, I can do. I'd like you to build that below. Top bit 100. Okay. Top okay. 100. You don't have to go all that far, but. <laughs> okay, number 10. Number okay. 10, right. Ashton Kutcher. Oh. Oh, wow. He's done the 10 now? Yeah. But here's the interesting thing it's, it says how long ago he came on. Uh, only 34 months ago. I thought he was more than that. Oh, yeah. I joined in. I just got a, a notice like, happy fourth Twitter birthday or something. Really? I've been on since 07. Never gotten a birthday. Okay, so uh, Ashton Kutcher, number 10. Number nine, Taylor Swift with mm. 8.7 million followers. Number six, or I'm sorry, number eight, Rihanna with just crossing 9 million. Mm. Uh, number seven, Shakira, of course. Wow. With 9.8 million. Wow. Uh, number six, Britney Spears uh-huh. with 10.6 million. I want to know what she's doing. Number five, Kim Kardashian, mm-hmm. 10.7 I know million. Ex- exactly what she's doing. Number four. I wonder if she unfollowed Chris Humphreys on it's, Twitter. It's, she may have lost. Ooh. She may have lost one. So t- take that number and minus one. Yep. Because I bet Chris doesn't follow her anymore. <laughs> uh, number. What did I say? Four. Barack Obama, ten point eight million. Number three, Katy Perry. Mm-hmm. More than Barack. More than Barack. Vote for Katy Perry. Eleven point five million. Mm-hmm. Any guesses on the top two? In uh, the in the correct Lady order. Lady Gaga. Rush Limbaugh and Lady Gaga. Number two, I, I would say La- Lady Gaga and number one. Yeah, Gaga is my number one. Gaga is number one. She is. Boom. Gaga is and number so, one with fifteen point one million. Jeez. That's crazy. And then so number two, in all the world, Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. There it is. Thirteen point nine million followers. Okay. Um, so if you want to add your theories, I guess you don't really need to. But if you want to read the rest of them, head over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Okay, so Jesse, drum roll. What is behind the little door? Well, I, I opened, I peeled back the tape, pulled the little tiny nail, <laughs> and there appears to be some pipes and some little valves that I don't know what to go <laughs> Something plumbing related. <laughs> And it's dirty, and there's a hole that goes under the house with a pipe, and I didn't stick my hand under the house, but it does appear to have to do with the plumbing system. (laughs) So it was incredibly disappointing. Nobody guessed that. I know. I know. That's what's so shocking about this. It really took us all by surprise. So the good news is, if I have to turn my water main off for some reason, I think I know where to look now. So, so, so if a bowl flooding incident goes awry, I can kill the water to the house. It's possible. Did you resecure the door, or did you? And I want the honest truth. Did you reapply the old tape? I did reapply the old tape. <laughs> <laughs> I, but here's my thinking: it was there for a reason. I don't want to find out why. <laughs> you know, I mean, who knows what could crawl up that little hole in the pipe? A you know, little pipe hole. <laughs> Obviously, the owner, the previous owner of this house and the, the original person that applied the tape did it for a reason. You know? right. Absolutely. So <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint everyone, but I, I was, I, 
you know, this is why I didn't want to open it. You exceeded my expectations. I mean, because a lot of my, I, you know, a part of me died when I opened that door and saw those valves. Little Jesse died that day. Yeah, (laughs) little little Jesse died last night. Anyway, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. This is a very special editorial question of the week because. Yet again, we will be rewarding you for your, your efforts. Uh, uh, Time Warner Home Video is giving away, giving us uh, 10 copies of the new Harry Potter on Blu-ray to give away. Now, we know it's a controversial film. I personally have only... I, I think I saw the first one. Just not my thing. Because of black magic. You just thought I'm really Actually, honestly, I, I don't like... Yeah, dark the dark arts and stuff like that. I don't like it. Have you been on the Harry Potter ride yet? No, I have not. I was wondering if you would feel different about the amusement park. No, ride. I would be fine going to the Harry Potter land and okay. having fun on the roller coasters. Butterbeer okay. is also delicious. It's not alcoholic. It tastes like... Uh, O'Doul's. It, <laughs> it tastes like... Um, <laughs> it's it's O'Doul's with a stick of butter in it, and they just... It tastes like, it tastes like frozen shortbread with butterscotch on top. That's oh, really good. Interesting. It's great. It's great over a good game of Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, and and the other thing about Harry Potter is is uh, you know the, the the books kept getting longer and mm-hmm. longer and longer and so you know we were just talking about Twitter a few minutes ago and we got thinking maybe what we should do is challenge you guys to summarize Harry Potter the Harry Potter movies in 140 characters or less. And the most creative, and maybe the most accurate, but the most creative yes. answers will win a Blu-ray of the Deathly Hallows. So it's fair to say accuracy is like a second and third criteria. Yeah. Well, brevity, yeah. I mean the length. Mm-hmm. Uh, ex- extra credit bonus points if you can uh, create a hashtag as good as Hambone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so if you want to try and win these DVDs, that's how you do it. Right. So head over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and there, in the comments, post your 140 character or less summary of the Harry Potter movies. Now, should it be... Now, I'm, I'm, I'm open on this. Mm-hmm. If they want to go the entire storyline... Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it has to be the entire storyline. Okay. Yeah. So you're yeah. not going movie by movie. No. All of them. All right. So that'll do it for this week's podcast. Many thanks to Gunger for talking to us. Uh, check out their new album at gungermusic.com. They'll also be here in our studio in a couple weeks. So this fall, uh, we'll we'll play a live set and put the uh, videos on Relevant TV. Uh, if you want to check out the new issue of Relevant, it's available at newsstands nationwide. Uh, if you want to subscribe, we pack it full of value. You get four exclusive sub- subscriber albums. You get six issues of Relevant in print, two issues of Reject Apathy, six issues of, on the iPad, all for fourteen ninety five. We actually added it up. If you know these songs, ninety nine cents each in the iTunes store, and you know the cover price for for everything, one hundred and thirty eight dollars. Wow! How do we make any money? Uh, that's something that my wife nags me about every day. Okay. Well, it's a great deal for <laughs> for everybody else. Well, Chad yeah. works for free. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. At least through the end of two thousand twelve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. So um, yeah. So you can subscribe, or if you want to, just go over to the uh, newsstand on your iPad. Uh, the new issue is available there as well for $2.99. On that note, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Ryan Ham. I'm Josh Luan Loveless. I'm Jesse Carey. For Chad Michael Snavely and Hambone. <laughs> we'll see you next week.
Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com. We're only 10 minutes in this thing, and Hambone's already dropped an Airbud ref.